0: a resounding good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, peace and grace. Peace and grace. How are you today? It is an absolutely gorgeous day out today. It is Saturday, October 28th, 2023. And my cellular device tells me we're at 78 degrees. Ladies and gentlemen, either God is being good to us. Thank you, Mother Earth. You're being good to us today. Or perhaps this is that thing called global warming. You can make up your own mind and decide. However, I've got to say, it is gorgeous outside today. So please, if you're not physically able to get outside and engage in some physical activities, uh, at least open your window and let the fresh air come in. Take a deep breath of fresh, clean air so that you can just your lungs and your body, your mind, your spirit can feel the beauty of the day. I'm Rochelle Wilson, and thank you so much for allowing me into your homes, your cars, wherever you're playing your radio right now. Thank you for allowing me in. I'm absolutely ecstatic with joy to be in your presence once again. So I want to get right to it because there's a lot going on and that's always, but I'll tell you, you know, I'm one person, I'm trying to be in all places at once and that is just humanly absolutely impossible. So, uh, but what I have been involved in is what I'm going to share with you today, and I hope that's all right, and if you want to, we can engage and talk about where I've been and some of the things that have been going on. But I first want to begin today's broadcast with an absolute and a resounding, heartfelt, and compassionate. Uh, my heart goes out to Israel and to Hamas uh, or to uh, the Palestinian uh, countries. This war between the Jews and the Palestinians has been going on since the beginning of time. To my knowledge, based on the Bible stories, uh, the Palestinians and the Jews have always had a discourse between them. And as far as I can see from the Bible, it started over who owned the land. Remember, whoever owns the land has the wealth, right? So who owned the land? And we would have to go all the way back uh, and research the stories of the Bible in order to really come up with a conclusive answer. And I think, to be fair... Since we are talking, uh, you know, Isaac versus Ishmael, uh, sons of Abraham by two different wives, Sarai and, uh, which you call her Sarah and, uh, Hagar. So Sarai and Hagar had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael, which are, which then became, uh, the father of Christianity and the father of, uh, Muslim Islam. Okay. So, um, between those two, uh, we we then come down, bring it down, hundreds of years of lineage, uh, and we look at this war that's going on, Palestinians versus Jews, Jews versus Palestinians, uh, since the beginning of time. And to my comprehension, again, I'm going to tell you my knowledge is that it's all about land, who owned the land, and this little piece of border, uh, you know, and then that's where the argument originated from, but who knows? Uh, there's a lot of there's a whole story about it. There's a whole story about these two people, uh, these two nations of people having discourse between them. And will there ever be a resolution like a serious, honest ceasefire? Can we really get them to put the put the discourse down, quit fighting and killing each other, and perhaps perhaps see that you have more commonalities? Then you do differences. Is it possible? I don't know. Again, we'll have to read those Bible uh, and Quran stories in order to find out what will be the end result, uh, the final end result between our Palestinian friends and our Jewish friends. So I, I don't know. Either way, it's very sad, it's very disheartening, uh, to have just generation over generation over generation of people who will just continue to fight and argue and bicker, uh, instead of finding a way to get along. And I believe that that happens in more areas than just what we're seeing now with between Israel and the Palestinian nations. Um, You know, I think that folks sometimes just can't let it go. You can't seem to let go of the anger, uh, of the feeling that you've been wronged, you know, Perhaps, you know, forgiveness is the best word, but that's, you know, it's a great word. But what really, you know, what is required of you in order to truly forgive a nation or a person or a situation uh, that has hurt you or, or wronged you on so many deep, deep levels? How do you begin the process of forgiveness? Uh, and you know, again, the Bible and the Quran speak to these, these types of situations. Whether or not we will follow it, uh, I just can't tell you. I just can't tell you. You know, I pray. Honestly, I I woke up the other morning and I was so disheartened about the behaviors of human beings here on on planet Earth. Uh, You know, not in one particular state or another, but the entire planet. Uh, I see so many things, actions and realities that are taking place. And a lot of it is very, very disheartening. And I have to ask, will we ever ever get beyond that and really get to a place of forgiveness, uh, which which it really starts with understanding or comprehending that forgiveness to the other person starts with you healing. You know, it's, it's not for them. It's for you. You forgive them for you. And, and it's something that has to happen and has to take place uh, for the healing. You know, it's a part of the healing process when you feel like you've really been wronged um, or just hurt, just really deeply hurt uh, by another nation or uh, another person, or another situation. In this situation, on both sides, we have children, innocent children, who are being used as pawns and who are ending up in coffins. Babies, children on both sides of the fence of the war. And see, that's what war does. Whenever you're fighting uh, between yourself and another person or a family or a neighborhood or a community uh, or a nation, there's death and casualty on both sides. Both sides will get hurt and they will be impacted by it. Maybe not to the level of what we physically see of what's happening over over there in these um, countries, but think about the devastation. You know, just imagine, replace a a torn down or, or bombed building with something bombed in your emotional psyche, right? Like your confidence was bombed. OK, uh, your your self-respect was blown up, you know, uh, and just replace it with whatever the hurt was. You, you just felt a certain kind of way uh, or a situation took place. But there was casualty on both sides. No matter who comes out the alleged uh, in quotation marks winner, everybody really loses because life is lost. And, and it's so sad, it's just really, it's really so sad. And on some levels, uh, again, call me a conspiracy theorist. That's fine if you do that. But, uh, you know, just continue to engage me is all I'm asking for. My issue here, uh, whether I'm a conspiracy theorist or I'm actually intuitive enough in my wisdom to see with my third eye, my eye of intuition, Right. To intuit something. And and I believe with all of the shenanigans that has been going on planet Earth since they realized that, you know, we're kind of getting to a place of global warming uh, and there's just not enough space and food and resources to continue to feed and house and dispose of the waste and human bodies and, and everything else. Mother Earth is just overwhelmed. To cut down some of that uh, just being overwhelmed with the human behaviors, all right, in the world, uh, there are people who sit high, right, at the tables, who sit at the table of decision making, who have the power and the wealth and who decide when will COVID uh, be injected into humans to cut down on the population? When will we start wars uh, in order to uh, destroy some of the weight uh, and the population of people, of human presence here on planet Earth? Will it save planet Earth? Hey, call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm all right with that. But these are my thoughts. This is my intellectual property. This is me sharing my wisdom and intuition with you. You can take it or leave it. Throw it out the window. It really doesn't matter. But I say this much here at Make Some Intelligent Noise. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make some intelligent noise. And I'm going to give you something to think about. Something to ponder. Something to sit around the dinner table and engage in an intelligent conversation. Could it be that the war that kicked off on October 7th, 2023, could it be just another plot of the from the table of the powers that be to say, let's get rid of some more human life? Uh, cut down on the population. They call it population control. And if you don't know by now that that's why COVID was released uh, onto humanity, was for population control, Uh, you know, if you don't know that by now, then I guess we really do need to sit down and have a one-on-one. Because I'm telling you, COVID didn't just pop up out of nowhere and get people sick. No. No. COVID was designed to take out our elders. It was designed to take out all of the the weakest link, if you call it that, our sick and our elderly, because some people consider our elders to be the weakest link when actually they are the strength of all nations is the wisdom of our elders. And we got to honor that and respect that. But there are people who sit at the table And say, let's get rid of all of the dead waste. And that's what they consider the sick and the elders. Because they were the first people, right, who were affected, who were greatly impacted by the COVID flu. But I'm going off on a tangent. I'm just sharing my thoughts with you. But I have to question myself and ask why now of all times, when there has not been an uprise between these two peoples, why now? Why now does Hamas, you know, attack Israel? Why now do we, do we experience this loss of life? And why did Russia attack Ukraine? They say it's because of land ownership. Whoever owns the land has the money. They own the power. You own the land, you own the power. So was this about land and power and money and economics? Or is this really about world population control? Call me a conspiracy theorist, but I strongly encourage you to think about it Even if you ponder it for just one moment and see, am I talking rational, reasonable, logical sense when you look at the dynamics of what's been going on since 2020? All right. Take a good look at it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go all the way back. But I pray for this world. I pray for the human beings of this world. I just pray mercy and grace. There's no need for me to go into details of what I pray. But tears roll from my eyes when I pray for the entire humanity, the entire world population, that our mindsets would get into obedience of that which is righteous and proper and correct behaviors for our own good. For our own good. It's been said. And again call me a conspiracy theorist. It has been said. That man and woman will destroy himself. For the very lack of knowledge. Because you don't know. And what you don't know can kill you. I'm Rochelle Wilson. I'm here to make some intelligent noise. So you think about it. But my heart goes out to both, uh, you know, to the loss of life on both nations, on both fronts, to the Ukraine, to the Russians, to the Israel, uh, you know, to the Palestinians, to the Jews, to the Muslims, to the Christians, to all of us as human beings. I pray, I pray for mercy and grace be upon each one of us. And certainly, Upon Mother Earth. All right, uh, I wanted to read to you because again, mainstream media has been uh, telling us what's going on. So you know, it's it's not um, it's not a secret. We all are aware of what happened in Maine, but I want to read you an email that was sent to me uh, by one of my contacts, Mr. Gavin Newsom. Mr. Gavin Newsom sent me this email. Allow me to share with you what he shared with me. And perhaps he sent you the email as well. Rochelle, last night, a gunman with a history of mental illness and easy access to a weapon of war walked into a bowling alley and a bar. He shot and killed 18 people and injured 13 others. It was the 10th deadliest mass shooting in modern American history, and the worst since the shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde last year. The interesting thing is, literally hours before the shooting, the United States Senate voted to pass an amendment allowing veterans found mentally unfit to still be allowed access to guns. Remember, that's our second constitutional right, the right to bear arms and protect yourself. That's not saying that we need to be back in the wild, wild west, but it does say you have a human right to bear arms and protect yourself. It's your right. However, 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 if you are found mentally ill and unfit to be responsible and accountable for holding a weapon, (laughs) why, why, why do we get, why do you have one? I don't even know how to pose the question. Why do you have a weapon if you are dealing with mental illness? if you are emotionally unstable. You can't make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So he goes on to say, listen, there are some issues in Washington, D.C. and states across the country that are very tricky and tough to fix. But this isn't one of them. The data is clear and it's conclusive. States with strong gun laws like California have a lower per capita gun homicide and suicide rates. It's not rocket science. However, states with weak gun laws have a higher homicide and suicide rate. So, if Congress won't act, and if the courts prevent states uh, from doing what has been done to save lives, they're preventing states from making tougher gun laws, then we need a constitutional amendment to make our communities safer from gun violence. What do you think about that? Shall we amend the second constitutional, constitutional amendment saying you have a right to bear arms to protect yourself, comma let's put a comma there as long as you prove that you are mentally and emotionally stable to do so. Just because you are allowed to have a gun doesn't mean that you should have one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a whole hot mess. And I I don't have to tell you as adults we cry and we beg and we pray and we, and many of us are putting boots on ground as advocates to try to help our young people who are running around here as if they're in the wild, wild west carrying guns. And if you look at them wrong, they're ready to shoot you. They're ready to shoot you or at least each other and perhaps you too. It's a scary scenario. It's a really, really, it's daunting. I find it daunting, but I speak to my young people in my community every single time I see them walk by or if I'm walking in their presence. Hello, good afternoon, how are you? It catches them off guard because they're not used to that, which really speaks volume within itself about us. You won't open your mouth and say hello. Yeah, let's make the youth Uh, accustomed to speaking. Sometimes they don't even know what to say back that no one's even taught them the proper uh, salutation of how to speak back to someone when they say good afternoon or hello, how are you? The kids are some of, not all, some of them say hello, but some of them are looking at me and nod like, what's up? What? I'm your elder, but you're going to look at me like, Throw your head back, what's up? No, no, we're not gonna do it that way. Cause then I'm gonna call you over and I'm gonna talk to you and I'm gonna take it as a teachable moment to teach you the proper way to respond when someone says hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good day, good morning, hello, how are you, how do you feel, what's going on, what's happening? Maybe those aren't the you know, words that young people are using. Because somewhere the disconnect took place in our parenting skills to teach them to say hello. Even today, uh, I say thank you to someone, oh thank you so much, for whatever. I was at Staples making copies of some information and I said to the little young lady, pretty girl, I said, oh thank you so much. You know what our response was? In my generation, what would you say? You're welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Guess what the young lady said to me? I said, thank you so much. She said, no problem. So I guess no problem is the new response to replace. You're welcome. And trust me, I'm a wordologist. So I study words and I know what words mean but I don't know that all of us are studying language and being mindful of the words that we speak out of our mouths. We say, we speak some of the damnedest things over our own life and the life of other human beings. We gotta stop, especially with the old adage, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, if you're sick and you're tired, Then you are sick and you are tired. And excessive fatigue typically means something's going wrong in the body. I just recently spent some time with my auntie, whom I love so very much, uh, stepped in as my surrogate mom. After my physical mother uh, made the transition, my auntie stepped right up to the plate uh, and and jumped right into responsibility. So we spent a lot of time together breaking bread, breaking bread. We like to go out. We like to eat. We talk. She's a wealth of wisdom. And I was telling her, uh, you know, really during COVID, I must have picked up at least 10 pounds, if not more. And it's all settled right in my gut but I'm getting rid of it. So I said I wanted to go back to the old school basics, right? So my vacation starts in in, uh, later November. And I said, Auntie, I'm coming to your house so I can get a teaspoon of your castor oil. I want to cleanse out my, I just want to detoxify, right? She looked at me and put her head down. She said, Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> castor oil is not for everyone. Trust me, you gotta really, you really gotta buck up and be ready when you spend when you're gonna spend a weekend with castor oil. But since I'm going on my official leave of absence, so to speak, uh, in later November after my interviews. I'm going to take a teaspoon of castor oil, shut off my phones and be at home and detoxify my body because we know red meat stays in the body for six to nine months, right? Scientists have proven that. So the cheese steak that I had six months ago, uh, you know, uh, is still hanging around and I'm not going to do that. That's not healthy. So if you can tolerate a natural cleansing, uh, feel free to do that. I can use fruit. Sure, I can eat fruit and and that would detoxify and that would cleanse. There are also green shakes that I can use. But I know as a child, when my mother gave it to me, nothing works faster or more efficiently, to my knowledge, (laughs) than a teaspoon of castor oil. Trust me. It is effective in detoxifying the human body. All right. So I I just think uh, and and that was a sidebar, but I wanted to to bring that up only to say, you know, before the new year comes in, I'm going to drop these 10 pounds. Now, I'm not sure how but I'm going to drop them because I can't stand it a minute longer. You know, I want to be fit and trim for 2024. I got things to do and places to go, baby, and people to talk to. (laughs) So, you know, but just thinking about uh, taking care of our health, that includes our mental health, our emotional health. It's very important. I'm going to take it all the way back to the beginning of this news report, this broadcast. Forgiveness. You know, it's a very powerful word, but it's it's a lot of hard and laborious work to get to the point where you can truly forgive, you know, especially something like what's happening in Israel and, and Ukraine and, and the Palestinians and the Russians and all of that. You know, a bomb drops and my child is dead, God forbid, but I'm just saying. Like as a, as a horrible scenario, imagine the family, the mother or father who has to forgive for that. That's a, that's a lot of work. Forgiving for that. And you can hold on to resentment and anger and, and all of these other uncomfortable discordian uh, emotions. And you know what? You're really hurting yourself physically more and mentally more than anyone else but what you do with that anger and and those emotions is really going to speak volumes about who your spirit is are you going to drop a bomb on another nation or another person a human being whatever the bomb is the bomb of disrespect the bomb of uh you know infidelity the bomb of um you know lies or cheating are you going to drop a bomb on another human being's emotions or a literal bomb on another nation? Like what you do with your anger and your emotions has a lot to do. It just speaks volumes about who you are as a person. It really does. So I I don't know as a conspiracy theorist, you know, is it possible That the powers that be, we call them, whatever we want to call them. Some say it's the Illuminati. Whatever the name is, you know, the most powerful people in the nation, in the world. Did they set Hamas against Israel? Did they orchestrate that? Or was it really just, you know, emotional and somebody kicked off a bomb and started a war? I don't know. World population, world population, I can't tell you. I don't know how to, I don't know how to address that. I, I think each of us has to do the research and make an intelligent decision for ourselves. But I am here to make some intelligent noise, make enough intelligent noise that I give you something to think about. And perhaps as you ponder these thoughts, these possibilities of the reality of a situation, perhaps you'll also ponder the solutions, right? Solutions. Okay, so the massacre in Maine, uh, my heart goes out to the family, my heart goes out to all of the victims uh, involved in that, but I also send my heartfelt condolences out to the people, whoever they may have been, that actually loved this man who was dealing with mental health and emotional instability. Who walked into the bowling alley bar and shot and killed 18 people. But what are we going to do about it? Are we going to make an amend to the second constitutional amendment? Will we? To make stronger tougher gun laws does it come down to the gun laws, or does it really come down to our self-regulating who we are? Is it possible that I have the maturity to control my emotions, to not take the gun out to the polling alley and start killing people and taking lives? What 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 is it that sets someone off to that level or that degree? of mental illness. What did he see? Maybe you and I won't see it or couldn't see it. But he saw or heard or imagined something. It was real in his mind that he had to go and get the assault weapon and murder lives. Take life at a bowling Alley bar. And it's my understanding that he was former military So he's very familiar with how to handle assault weapons, or any weapon. Former military, but he was dealing with a mental illness. It might have been post-traumatic stress, for all we know. If he was over there and, you know, God knows how many wars uh, Americans have dug their noses into. We always want to put our hand in somebody else's cookie jar. Right. Get involved in somebody else's fight like we're big brother to everybody and we got to come to the rescue. So God knows how many fights we've been in and which one was this man in. So when he walks into the bowling alley, did he see or, or imagine something that wasn't real to us? But in his mind, it was real to him. He thought he saw enemy or something. I don't know. I'm not making a defense for him. I'm just saying what makes a person walk into a bowling alley or a school, an elementary school or any other school and, and, and just start firing and killing people? What do, Who does that? Who does that? It's got to be mental illness. It certainly isn't anything else. So I tell you this, uh, I want to just end on a real positive note. Uh, bringing two more things to light. First, I want to say continue, please continue, continue, continue to support black businesses here in the state of Delaware and all across America. Support black businesses. It's very, very important. Aunt Bumpy soul food, baby, right downtown on Shipley Street, 8th and, uh, 7th and Shipley. Let's get it in. Mac and cheese. Uh, I tried her salmon. Oh, my God. The salmon was delectable. You've got to try the salmon at 8 on, uh here in downtown Wilmington. Just pull it up on your Google and give them a shot. And I love, love, love their string beans. They almost have a sweetness to them. I can't quite explain. Not sugar sweet, but some other natural type of sweetness to these green beans. You got to try them. Ain't Bumpies. But don't confuse Ain't Bumpies, downtown Wilmington with Ain't Berta's, Right? On Newcastle. In Newcastle on DuPont Highway. Yo, she is working with some serious ribs and turkey wings and mashed potatoes and collard greens and mac and cheese. And but b- what is it? Uh, banana pudding and peach cobbler like eight burtas on uh, DuPont Highway in Newcastle. She's getting it in. Brand new business here in the state of Delaware. She has two already in New Jersey. Let's show some love and support. We got to support black business. if We're ever going to bring back Black Wall Street. We're going to bring it back. Shout outs to Brother Dwight Davis. Thank you for the work, your laborious work all the time. Brother Dwight Davis is getting it in, fighting for the Black Wall Street to be rebirthed right here in Wilmington, Delaware. So shout out, shout out to our brother, your friend, my comrade, right? Brother Dwight Davis. Uh, also, gotta give a shout out to Keem's, Keem's Cuisine. Uh, over in the shopping, uh, by ShopRite, in the market there, in the little shopping market. Keem's Cuisine. Nice brother. I got an opportunity to meet him, chat with him briefly. Uh, very easy going brother, easy to talk to. I found it delightful. And it's my understanding they're doing jazz on Sunday. So, you know, I'm going to check that out tomorrow. So if you find yourself interested in a little jazz after church, right, we praise the Lord, shout hallelujah. And then let's go over to Keem's and try some of his mac and cheese, which comes in skillet form. And his cornbread comes in a skillet. Right. Uh, Personally, I've got to say for those of us who do indulge in adult beverages, uh, they make a mean tequila lemon drop. They make a mean tequila lemon drop. I had two of them, which was probably one too many because uh, by the time I felt the second one starting to come in on me. I said, well, it's time for me to gracefully bow out. Uh, And how did I get it, Keems? Well, obviously I was there for Velda Jones Potter, who's running for the mayor for the city of Wilmington. That's where she had her fundraiser. So it was a win-win situation. She was able to be supported and loved by you, the community that showed up and you dug deep in your pockets right? To show, put your money where your mouth is, baby. Put your money where your mouth is. We showed up at Keem's. We spent money on food. We spent money on adult beverages. And we spent money supporting the next mayor for the city of Wilmington, Mrs. Velda Jones Potter. All right. So it was fabulous. Uh, if you can, make it over to Keem's tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, if I heard it correctly, Sunday starting at 2 p.m., They're doing a nice little jazz thing, Uh, and of course, happy hour starts, I think, maybe at 4 o'clock or something of that nature. I'm going to take my auntie over there and let her try their skillet cornbread. I think she's going to love it. Uh, I can't wait to try it myself. So, support black businesses, support Velda Jones-Potter. All right, and I gotta end my broadcast today, ladies and gentlemen, with a kiss and a bravo to your friend and my friend and our comrade, none other than Timeless Thomas. You know him as Duran Swan, right? 101 Things That You Need to Know About Jail. He's an author and he is on Audible now. So if you can't read as well as you used to uh, with your eyeglasses, you can now listen to his book. And I think that's awesome. I think that's absolutely awesome. So I give him a bravo and a shout out uh, for his facilitation uh, with Dubard, uh, DuBard McGriff, Duby You all know Doobie. uh we, we first met Duby at the ACLU. He was an advocate champion, uh, returning citizens then, and he is still a champion in that field. And so in collaboration with Dubard McGriff, uh, Deron Swan, Timeless Thomas uh, facilitated the event for information on how to help our returning citizens, people who are coming home out of the prison system. And I got to tell you, we need more programs in the prison So that they can be ready, get ready before you release them out into society, which is where we have a 72 to 77 percent recidivism rate. They're going back to jail within the first three years simply because they don't know or they don't have a support system. No one is there to help them to learn how to fill out a job application, how to get transportation uh, to probation or to the job site. One man mentioned uh, at the facilitation, Timeless Thomas was speaking with him. He mentioned he walks five miles to the bus stop, gets a bus, goes to work for eight hours, Catches the bus back to the same bus stop and walks another five miles to his place of residency. Now, you tell me, ladies and gentlemen, is that a setup for failure? He is truly being tested. His wherewithal, his determination to succeed is being tested. For God's sakes, if he at least had a bicycle. Can the prison or somebody, probation and parole, can you donate bicycles to people? The Urban Bike Shop, uh, you know, they're great with the kids in the neighborhood, can can we start a program where the Urban Bike Shop donates a certain amount of bikes to our returning citizens so they can go to work and go to probation? Because you know probation is sitting around waiting for an opportunity to violate them and send them back into the cash cow that we know as incarceration. There's money involved in that. Don't ever think there's not money involved. There is money, follow the paper trail, right? So he's two minutes late getting uh, to wherever, somewhere that the person is supposed to be there. Two minutes late getting there. Now their ankle bracelet goes off. uh, Probation and parole violate them. And then there's a whole shenanigan with that. Let's not. Let's just say, God forbid, any more of that type of shenanigans from taking place. Uh, My prayers go out to the brother who is walking 10 miles a day to work for eight hours per day just to feed himself and his family and stay out of the recidivism revolving door. God bless that brother and all of the other brothers and sisters who are dealing with that every single day. Shame on you probation and parole. You should provide transportation or do something to help these people uh, other than just be sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to violate them. But shout outs to Timeless Thomas and DeBart McGriff. Doobie, doobie, dooby, we love you, dooby dooby. Shout outs for putting this uh, informational piece together. And this was only the first one of, I believe, an entire packet that is coming. So keep your eyes posted for that. And please chime in. Because one out of every three black, brown, and golden households, one out of every three, has someone who has been justice impacted. Either you know someone who's in the prison, or you know someone who's just been released, or someone who was released a long time ago, whatever. You know somebody, If you're black, brown, and golden, you know somebody, family member, uncle, cousin, best friend, brother, uh, sister-in-law's cousin's niece. You know somebody who has been justice impacted in America because that's how America works. So you know somebody who would benefit from coming out and becoming a part of this, as well as, don't forget K.O. Bartley, do not forget K.O. Bartley and Hanif Salam. Get your records expunged. You need to show up at the Clean Slate Expungement Clinic. Hanif Salam and brother K.O. Bartley. You know them. If not, pull it up on Facebook, uh, probably even on YouTube, or wherever on social media. You will find these brothers and they're trying to do you a solid So the least you can do is care enough about your future to show up at the clinic to help yourself or someone you know or love. That's real stuff, ladies and gentlemen. That's real stuff. Don't play. Let's not play. It took a lot of work, groundwork, boots on ground to get these uh, programs up and running. So let's not waste them. We, we cry. We bitch and moan and complain. We want justice. Uh, we want the wheels of reform to turn. And now they are. And you mean you're going to sit down on your laurels and not come out to the clinics? You've lost your whole, you've lost it. You've lost something. We work hard to get these programs up and running for you. We advocate for you. The least you can do is get up off of your shenanigans and show up. We're trying to help you and help your family. All right. So I'm Rochelle Wilson. I'm getting emotional. I'm about to have a hot flash. <laughs> I tell get emotional sometimes. I just get so emotional with the, with the shenanigans, the bullshit knocking. I love my people. God knows I love my people. But sometimes you get on my doggone nerves because you ask for this. You you complain about that. We fix it. We bring you resolution and resources. And then you don't show up. Shut your mouth and stop complaining because I don't want to hear it anymore. As an advocate and a journalist, I don't want to hear it. And none of us who are serious, we don't want to hear you complain, but you won't get up and attend the clinics or do the work. To make your life better. I'm Rochelle Wilson. God knows I love you. I get a little emotional sometimes. I'm passionate. I am indeed passionate. But I do love you. As passionate as I can be. I love you. I care about you. I pray for you. If you are a part of humanity. If you live on the planet earth. Because we're not yet on Mars and Jupiter and the moon. Or any of the other planets. We're right here on earth. And if you live or you reside, you exist on this planet, I pray for you and your well-being. I'm Rochelle Wilson. God bless you. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the day and be good to yourself and others. Peace and grace. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't express to you enough, Uh, I mean, I just plead with you, show up at these clinics for expungements and returning citizens. It is vital, not only for them, but also to keep the programs running. We need it. We work for it. So please show up and participate. All right. Thanks so much. Enjoy your day. I'm Rochelle Wilson. Smoochies.